just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. Well, guess what? I think we have a troll in our midst. Now, of course, on TikTok, I get my share of trolls because of the things I talk about. The Trump humpers always coming in. I block them. I've weeded out most of them. So it's not too bad on TikTok. Never had a troll with the podcast because the people that would spend the time listening to the podcast would be people of a like mind. Never really had a problem with it. But I told you the story about uh, an email I got a while back. This guy, who's known to me from TikTok, um, wrote a book <laughs> about uh, some coup in Biden and how he was involved. And it was fucking ridiculous. And he sent me this free ebook. And so I went back and I said, you know, I don't want to listen to this shit. All you're doing is looking for attention and I'm not going to give you any fucking attention. So then he writes back. He's not very complimentary, as you would expect. And uh, I respond in kind on that email and then I block him because I don't want to deal with a fucking clown. I don't want to deal with him. Now, that said, he's probably listening right now probably real excited that I'm talking about him, but I'm not going to give your name. I'm not going to give your book. I'm not going to give you any oxygen. I just want people to understand how fucking silly you are. So anyway, I block his email. Okay. I think I'm done. I'm not going to hear from him again, but I get another email. I'm thinking, how is that possible? Well, here's the deal. (laughs) He realizes I block him, so he uses another email account to reach me. He really wants to talk to me very badly, and I don't understand it. We don't think alike at all. We're exact opposites. What's the big deal about wanting to talk to me? Just shut the fuck up and move on. Well, he has to send an email, and I guess he's trying to explain himself because I said what I said on the uh, podcast here, and he feels I may have mis, uh, I, I mischaracterized who he is and what he is. Unfortunately, when you hear this email, <laughs> you'll see I was right. Again, I'm not going to give his name because I don't want to give him attention. And it goes like this. I would not expect your small-minded and intellectually bigoted followers to buy my book. I simply sent my book announcement to my email list and you were on it. Well, why the fuck was I on it? You're not on my email list. Why would I be on your email list unless you were looking for attention? And then he goes on to say, I have plenty of followers in spite of the fact that TikTok canceled my account after I reached 60,000 people. Now, they didn't cancel you because... You had 60,000 people. I have 150,000 people. They canceled you because you kept spreading conspiracy theory bullshit and crazy, ridiculous, stupid shit. That's why they canceled you. And as far as followers elsewhere, I've seen your YouTubes. I haven't listened to them, but I've seen them and the number of 
views doesn't suggest to me that you've got a lot of followers. Anyhow, then he goes on and says, you and I are about the same age. I look better, though. (laughs) Maybe not. Anyway, you and I are about the same age, and I often describe liberals and Democrats in the same way you describe conservatives and Republicans, except without the vulgarity. Without the vulgarity? (laughs) The vulgarity is my fucking charm, dude. I'm not giving up the vulgarity, but God bless you for being so pure. You don't swear, but you lie like a motherfucker. Anyway, then he goes on to say, Please indulge me as I make a brief observation. Honestly, I don't give a shit, dude. Your obsession with Trump is a classic case of projection. (laughs) You transfer your feelings about your own father. Now he's getting psychological, which I have heard you express onto Trump to create the stick figure that you can hate. I noticed the same phenomena with several of our peers, pretty much white guys of our age. (laughs) Well, sir, please don't consider me one of your peers because you and I are not anywhere close to being the same on any level about any fucking thing. But I love how you use this psychology. You try to fuck with my head. Sorry, you're not smart enough to do that. Then he says, I heard you invite your followers to join you on the air. I recall that you accepted your, I accepted your offer before you blocked me on TikTok, which you ignored with all due respect. You don't have the balls to talk to me. Now, these people out here in the Rational Boomer podcast, they know me. Do I strike you as the kind of guy that doesn't have the balls to talk to one of these stupid motherfucking Trump bumpers? Well, no, of course not. I'm happy to talk to anybody. The only problem is, is here's a guy with no followers trying to sell a book, trying to find some position in social media, and he can't get the followers himself, so he wants to get on this show, or he wants to get on my TikTok, so he can try to leech some of the followers off of that. Now, the problem with that is it isn't going to work because you're fucking nuts, and you don't know what you're talking about. These are smart people. They are going to listen to your shit. They're going to wish I got you on the air and kicked your ass, but I refuse to give you oxygen. You think I'm afraid of you? No, I'm sorry, I'm not. In fact, I relish the prospect of taking somebody like you and putting them on the podcast and ripping them apart. But then I've wasted a bunch of time on a bunch of bullshit talking to somebody who can't grasp truth or facts or anything. It's just a wasted exercise. So my better judgment tells me, tell you to fuck off. You don't like my vulgarity. Well, go find another podcast. I don't need you as a listener. Oh, I find that entertaining. Should I block this email too? Then he'll just come up with another email. I don't know why he wants to talk to me so badly. Most members of my family don't work that hard to talk to me. Why does he? Anyhow, let's get to the business at hand. Former Trump Defense Secretary Mark Esper, a guy who had no experience, I think he worked at Boeing before he took this job, just put out a new book. Now, no doubt there's some crazy shit in this book. He recalls one story. He was stunned 
when he asked, when uh, Trump asked Esper if there was any way that the U.S. could fire missiles into Mexico and then pretend it wasn't the U.S. Oh, the old sneaky missile trick. (laughs) Wow, that is just fucking stupid. (laughs) And to our troll, that actually happened. And we know it actually happened because one of his own administration is the one writing the fucking book. I hear something like this and I'm not at all surprised and that's sad. This must have been his answer to fixing the illegal immigrants at the border. But that wasn't the only stupid suggestion. Stephen Miller, that freaky, creepy comic book villain, he suggested that Esper should send 250,000 troops down to the border to intimidate them. Well, who does that sound like? That sounds like Vladimir Putin in Ukraine. Isn't that how it all started? What, do you want to start a fucking war with Mexico, you pieces of shit? Jesus Christ. Now, also in the book, there's a story when Trump was talking to General Milley of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Mark Esper about the Black Lives Matter protests. He asked or suggests that our military should beat the fuck out of them. And then he asked if the military can shoot them. General Mark Milley said, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. That's not a good idea. So Trump comes back with, so then you think you could shoot them in the legs or maybe their foot? This is the mentality we're dealing with. A fucking seventh grade mind a narcissist that only cares about himself. And we get people like our trolls thinking of him as their Lord and Savior. Doesn't say much for the trolls, does it? It doesn't say too much for your intellect. If I did put you on the fucking podcast, you'd make yourself look foolish. Or at least I would make you look foolish. That would be my goal. Then Trump wanted to invoke the Insurrection Act on January 6th. That means institute martial law. Now, Espert didn't think that would be a good idea and was probably one of the reasons why Trump ultimately fired Esper, even though he's the one that brought him on. Donald Trump is a child, not just a child, but a dumb fucking child with a violent tendencies. As bad as things are because of Trump, clearly it could have been worse. We need to make sure this doesn't happen again. We're not going to get lucky again. And when I say it could have been worse, surprisingly, there were people on Trump's administration that kind of reined him in at times. (laughs) Not enough, certainly, but reined him in at times. Can you imagine if he invoked the Insurrection Act? He got the military to shoot missiles at Mexico. He got the military to shoot Black Lives Matters people. What the fuck would have happened then? My God. You're probably saying to yourself, what was that noise? That drop. I got a glass of water. It's on a coaster because my wife insists I use a coaster. And it stuck to the bottom and it dropped. No biggie. I'm not being jumped by a troll. (laughs) All right, next up, we have a direct connection between Oath Keepers leaders and the White House and Donald Trump. 
literally, they're tracking this thing and it's getting closer to the Oath Keepers dealing directly with Donald Trump. This is a statement of, 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 uh, from the Department of Justice. They filed it again, uh, an offense filed against William Todd Wilson, who is one of the leaders of uh, the Oath Keepers. Now, he just pled guilty to seditious conspiracy for his actions on January 6th. He admitted he was committing sedition on January 6th. And this is what he said. At the Phoenix Hotel, Oath Keepers leader Elmer Stewart Rhodes gathered uh, Wilson, this gentleman, and uh, a few other co-conspirators inside a private suite. Rhodes then called an individual over the speakerphone. Wilson heard Rhodes repeatedly implore the individual to tell President Trump to call upon groups like the Oath Keepers to forcibly oppose the transfer of power. The individual denied Rhodes this request and didn't allow him to speak to the president. After the call, Rhodes just looked at the crowd and said, I just want to fight. (laughs) I bet you do, motherfucker. Well, you're in jail now and you'll have all kinds of opportunities to fight. Let's see how fucking tough you are. Well, fight you did, and Donald Trump did incite the masses to attack the U.S. Capitol. He was uh, the, the, the leader, Rhodes, was on the scene on January 6th. Actually, this little meeting happened at about 5 o'clock on January 6th as things were starting to uh, settle down with the insurrection. So he left early. But, uh, but anyway. This is what he said happened. So the question is, who was Rhodes talking to? We don't know for sure, but clearly Rhodes thought he had a direct connect to Trump through this individual. The individual on the phone sounded like he worked for Trump. How else can he deny access to Trump? Why does he have any power to say, no, you can't talk to Trump? My best guess here, and I would bet my paycheck on it for this podcast, which doesn't amount to much, uh, that it's Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows was heavily involved in the January 6th communications with all kinds of people. They were texting back and forth, and of course, Mark Meadows had direct proximity to uh, Donald Trump. I mean, he's his right-hand man. He's the chief of staff. So it sounds like Rhodes called Mark Meadows and says, we need Donald Trump to get behind us, call us out, and make sure that we are told to go forth and start getting violent. Now, I don't know if Donald Trump chose not to do that or Mark Meadows just chose not to give him that information. I would bet the latter because Donald Trump clearly has some tendencies toward violence against the public. And he might have agreed with Rhodes, so I'm sure Mark Meadows was trying to quell the situation and not tell Donald Trump about what was going on. It's it's intriguing, but if all of this is true, this tells us that the connection between the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys 
and Donald Trump is far closer than anybody ever thought. And here's the deal. If Donald Trump and the Oath Keepers are that close, and these Oath Keepers are now pleading guilty for seditious conspiracy, that puts Donald Trump that much closer to the January 6th attack. He maybe had some backing for these folks. He maybe helped them in some way. And we know he probably did. We know Jenny Thomas had some uh, part in coordinating, maybe even funding these insurrectionists. Yet we still have a Supreme Court justice who's married to her sitting on the Supreme Court. Everybody's all upset about the leaked document, but nobody's talking about Clarence Thomas and Jenny right now. And that's an interesting thing to note, and that's something we will talk about very shortly. Something I haven't spent a lot of time talking about, and I I haven't meant to disregard this, but it seems to be the same stuff all the time. It's always devastating and uh, tragic, so I have trouble bringing it up. But of course, I'm talking about the war with Russia and Ukraine. You no doubt remember when Ukraine sank Russia's prize battleship. It was a huge win for Ukraine and horribly embarrassing loss for the Russian. It turns out they did this with some help from the U.S. Now, when Ukraine spotted a Russian warship in the Black Sea, they called American contacts that they have for confirmation that it was, in fact, the Moskva, which is the flagship. Russia's naval flagship, the big one, the one they're so proud of. The U.S. contacts verified that it was the very ship. So they got it identified through uh, intelligence that the U.S. gathered. Now, Ukraine sunk that ship with two cruise missiles, which was a huge blow to the Russian military. Now, the Russian military and Vladimir Putin tried to play it off. Oh, it was just a fire and the whole fucking thing sank. Yeah, that's how that works. What happened to the people on the ship? They say that they uh, exited them off the ship and everybody was safe. But that's probably not true. You launch two missiles into a ship, there's going to be some deaths. If they're still on the ship when it sinks, they're all going to die. But we'll never know for sure because the Russians will never own up to that. Now, the United States, of course, helping Ukraine with money, weapons, ammunition, and military hardware. But providing intelligence has become invaluable to Ukraine. The U.S. has been able to provide information about Russia's movements. They've intercepted communications regarding Russian planning and, of course, marine Uh, intelligence, such as the situation with the warship Moskva. Now, the U.S. refuses to give up information inside Russia. They're not going to give any intelligence of anything that Ukraine may want to hit inside Russia. That would be over the line, apparently, and risk World War III. That said, other NATO countries could provide intelligence to Ukraine, 
again, Russia and Vladimir Putin would look at that as uh, over the line. And then, of course, we have to deal with Vladimir Putin and his threat of nuclear war in World War III. All of this makes things extremely tough on Russia. They are making threats and they are feeling the effects, not only of the, um, um, not only of the uh, sanctions and the economics. That's crushing. And the deeper we get into that, the worse it's going to be for Russia. But Russia is trying very hard to win this war, get some kind of win so Vladimir Putin can save face. They went after the whole country, didn't work out very well. Ukraine fought back, and with all the weaponry and the ammunition and the military vehicles and such that are given to them by NATO countries, including America, uh, they were able to hold them off. So they hone it down to one area, the eastern part of Ukraine, the Donbass region, and the southern part of the uh, Ukraine. So they can look at a smaller thing and try to maintain their power and win there. Unfortunately, that's not happening. They're not winning. They're actually being held off. This is going way slower than they'd ever planned. So the things that NATO is doing, the things that the U.S. is doing for Ukraine is having an impact. Yes, it would be nice if the NATO countries could just walk into Ukraine, wipe the Russians off the map, and send them fucking back home. But, of course, that's that's a line that Biden and all the NATO countries don't want to cross. So they're doing what they can on this level. And apparently, along with money and equipment, uh, the U.S. is providing a lot of intelligence that is invaluable in holding off Russia. Now, i got to think Russia is going to be angry about this, and they're going to make threats. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't see Vladimir Putin pulling the nuclear card. I just don't think he has it in him to do that. And if he did, there's somebody in the uh, procession of people in and around Vladimir Putin that would put a stop to it. We're hearing all kinds of things about Vlad Putin. I heard the story that he's got cancer and he's had surgery and all this stuff. Don't know if any of that's true. I have no verification of it. I'd love for it to be true, but I'm not going to spout it off as if it is true because I don't know that for sure. But he doesn't look good, and the fact that he has to grip a table with both hands seems a little troubling. I hope he doesn't fall in his Russian toilet because he loses his grip. I don't know. I don't wish people ill. But if Vladimir Putin is ill and his time is short, hallelujah, hallelujah. That would be the best result in this situation. Assuming whoever took his spot over was better than Vladimir Putin. It's hard to imagine somebody worse, but... It's fucking Russia. So I suppose anything is possible. We'll keep watching this Ukraine war. Uh, May 9th is coming up. That's a big date for Vladimir Putin. He's big on symbolism. He'd like to announce a win on May 9th. That's not going to happen. That's less than a week away. What is it? uh, Six today? 
We're talking three days from now. He can't win this war in three days. Some other people are suggesting that he'll maybe announce or declare war. I don't know how that changes anything. You can't have killed more people. You can't have uh, done more atrocities. I don't know what declaring war has other than perception and whatever he's trying to sell the Russian people. This whole thing in Ukraine is quite a fucking mess. And Vladimir Putin has gotten in too deep, and he has no way to get out. And unfortunately, with this circumstance, there's going to be a lot of innocent people dying. And that is sad and tragic and unfortunate. And all we can do is sit on the sidelines, give them money, give them equipment, give them ammunition and weapons, and hope for the best. That's a tough position to be. We're watching a bully do what they do. And uh, there's nothing more we can do about it than better arm Ukraine. That's a sad state of affairs. And I only wish we could actually do something to put a stop to it to fucking morrow. All right. All my vulgarities intact. (laughs) Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. You know, the funny thing with trolls, they all say the same thing. They never call me out on specific facts. They don't say I'm lying about this or lying about that and show me some kind of evidence that proves I'm lying. They never say that. If it's on TikTok, they'll make some personal insult, which I don't give a fuck about. Or they'll say what uh, this guy I was talking about at the top of the show said, and other people have said, well, you swear too much. Really? That's all you got? That's the best you can say that's negative about me? Well, I've sworn too much all my life. And instead of trying to be Joe Reporter, like the gentleman I was talking about before, or some of these other people, I decided I'm just going to be my true self, warts and all. I'm not going to try any filters on TikTok. I'm not going to try any fancy edits or music or dancing or any of that shit. It's just going to be me sitting in front of the fucking camera saying what I say. See if the content that I deliver gathers an audience. And I'm thankful that it has. And if I'm going to be my true authentic self, swearing's what I do. Again, warts and all. doesn't matter to me. This whole thing has been kind of an experiment. Can I just be me? Say the things I want to say. Say the things I truly believe. And will that get traction? Well, it did. Not only in the TikToks, but on the podcast too. And I'm ever so grateful for that. So to the troll early on in the show, maybe you should take that as a uh, suggestion. Instead of coming out and trying to be somebody different, be who you are. Instead of writing on the coattails of some fucking nutcase president, 
Tell us what you really think. Don't tell us the standard fucking fare for what all these Trumplefucks tell us. I mean, it gets boring after a while hearing the same shit over and over, especially when that shit is absolutely ridiculous, unfounded, based on no evidence, and just stupid shit with you trying to own Democrats. That's what this guy's trying to do. He's trying to find a way to own me, get me mad enough to put him on the show so he gets some attention. Fuck you. You don't like the vulgarity? Go listen to some other podcast. I do not need you here. I do rather enjoy making fun of you, though. That is fun. Okay, I'm, I'm going to throw out an opinion here. Nobody I've seen or heard shares my thoughts on this. Now, I could definitely be wrong about this, and that's okay. I've been wrong before. But I'm working and looking at the facts as I see in this situation. And it seems like this could be a likely end to this thing. With you know, and I'm, What I'm talking about is this leak draft opinion for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, as I've said, I've been wrong many times before. And I've got my wife of 38 years that will remind me of it every fucking day. So this isn't news to me that I might be wrong. But I'm trying to look at the situation and decide how this is going to end up. Now, let's be perfectly honest. I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused in my own mind what I want to happen. If I'm thinking only about the election, the best possible outcome would be they, in fact, overturn Roe v. Wade. Because they will just fuck themselves in the midterms. It will turn the midterms totally opposite of what it might have turned out to be. The Supreme Court draft opinion to overturn Roe v. Wade is leaked to the press and it blows up. People are outraged. They are in the streets protesting by the tens of thousands. And as I pointed out in a previous podcast... With all these people that are so angry and so upset and so triggered, out protesting in the streets, funny thing is, no buildings are burning, nobody got hurt, nobody was killed, nobody charged the Supreme Court. It's funny how that works out when Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and the Trumplefucks aren't involved. They aren't, they're fucking animals is what they are, and they've showed us that in the way they react to things. Now, Republicans are absolutely shitting themselves. This is the last thing they need going into the midterms. 70% of America supports Roe v. Wade. This is an election killer for Republicans. If the final decision comes down in June like some people are saying, and they overturn Roe v. Wade. I got to be honest, it's game over for the Republicans, and the Republicans hate losing because they're desperate to regain power. So what will they do? They know their power is starting to slip away. That's why they're throwing Hail Marys all over the place. They know if they don't make it through this midterm, They're going to probably lose the 2024 election. All the old white men are retiring or dying off, and they are lost for good. 
Now, here's what I'm suggesting. That to overturn Roe v. Wade will get shit-canned. What I mean by that is, okay, it's out there now. Everybody's upset. All the Republicans, all the people on the Supreme Court see that this is going badly. This is going very badly. And for their own survival, they've got to do something. You can tell this when you talk to senators, Republican senators right now, and say, hey, this is what you've been working for all these years, trying to get that Supreme Court stacked so you can overturn Roe v. Wade. You've got to be excited about this. Funny thing is, they don't want to talk about it because they know it's an election killer. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. And they just realize their greatest goal. But now they're realizing that it's not going to help them. It may very well fucking destroy them. Now, given that, I'm trying to think like a Trumplefuck, and that's hard because i got to drop it down several IQ points. But we know from the past all the things that they do is they try to game the system. They will lie. They will spin. They will divert. They will distract. They will try to change everything. These people absolutely hate the thought of losing power. And the only thing they can do is try to stop that Roe v. Wade being overturned and then acting like they are upset about it. But they don't want this overturned because that fucks them over in the midterms. You piss off 51% of the American people, women, by taking a constitutional right away from them, That's not going to help in the midterms. And overall, you've got 70% of the people in this country that support Roe v. Wade. That leaves you 30% of your toothless, redneck, stupid motherfuckers that are your base. But unfortunately, 30% isn't enough to win shit. So I have to wonder, and I have to think, that they're going to try to do something to back on out of this. I hope they don't. I hope they don't, but that wouldn't surprise me with these people. Now, somebody might say, well, they'll try to delay it. They really can't do that because they're deciding a case. They had this first draft in February. They're going to have to come up with some decision before the midterms. And and let's be honest, if they could delay it and just not address it until after the midterms, That would be worse than coming up with a decision because nobody is more fearful of anything than those things that are uncertain. That would just whip this crowd up, the liberals and the Democrats, to even a higher level. So they can't delay it. And as I said, if they come out and they actually overturn uh, Roe v. Wade, they're fucked. Their midterms are done. They're going to lose power, and given the state of Washington, D.C. and our government, they may never get power back. So they're in a really fucked situation here. They don't know what to do. They're going to flail around a little bit, see what sticks, but I guarantee you, the only option they can possibly think of right now is to back on out of this. They didn't want this stuff coming out till after the midterms. No reasonable Republican thought it was a good idea to release it ahead of time. 
So they're in a tough situation. I don't know if they'll be able to back out of this or not. I don't know how much control they have over the Supreme Court. But trust me, they're going to try to back on out of this. It doesn't really matter because this is already out there. You can't unsee this document. This is going to be at the forefront with all the Democrats when they're uh, going up against the Republicans. Oh yeah, but they want to take rights away from women. It's a real problem for the Republicans at this point. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I would not be surprised if they try to back out of it, try to save something. And even if they do that, it's not going to save much. Um, The best thing for the election, of course, is that they overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, when I say that, people will say, how dare you suggest that overturning Roe v. Wade is a good thing? It's not a good thing. It's a horrific thing. It's bad for women in this country. It's bad for men in this country. It's bad for the fucking country. Anytime you take a constitutional right away from anybody for any reason, that should not happen. Fact is, it's never happened in this country. So this is not the time this should happen. But if they do overturn Roe v. Wade, which everybody thinks they will, What it will do is, again, destroy the midterms for the Republicans, maybe give the Democrats a bigger margin in the House and the Senate, and then we can start cleaning things up. It's unfortunate if we have to do it that way, but that might be a possibility. That may be the best outcome. Get the Republicans out of the way. Make Joe Manchin and Christian Sinema uh, inconsequential, and then start passing shit for the next two years. I've said this all along. I think probably the best action by the Democrats at this point, since nobody's willing to allow them to pass anything because Republicans, Manchin, and Cinema are nothing but fucking obstructionist. Because of that, um, maybe the best thing is just fucking destroy them take over in the midterms, and then do whatever you want. I mean, I know the Senate wants to, uh, they want to try to vote to codify this, make it law, so that it can't be overturned in this situation. But unfortunately, the only way to do that is if they somehow get rid of the filibuster. But they need Manchin and Cinema to vote along with that, to do that, to cut it out on this one situation. We've already heard from Manchin and Cinema that they don't want to do that. They won't vote to pass on the filibuster on this one thing. They won't do that. So in my mind, Manchin and Cinema, we should characterize them as people who hate women, who hate constitutional rights, and don't give a fuck about the public. I think that's a reasonable assessment of those fucking idiots. Here's a funny one. I was watching a video from Newsmax. I would never sit down and watch Newsmax. It's a fucking joke. And here is an illustration of how big a joke they are. Yeah, Newsmax, that bastion of journalism. The reporter's name, I think, is Stinchfield. I don't, I don't know who he is. I don't know anybody that's on Newsmax. I've never watched it, but I saw this video. Now, of course, he's all upset about the leak of the draft opinion to overturn Roe v. Wade. He's cool with getting rid of Roe v. Wade, but damn, that leak is untenable. 
He knows it must be a dirty-ass Democrat libtard. It has to be those guys that did this. He's so mad that he's ready to name names. So this genius says, well, if I was going to bet, I would guarantee that the person who leaked this document has to be Katanji Brown Jackson. He says she would be his first suspect because Katanji Brown Jackson is a radical left-wing activist, more radical than any other justice in the history of the Supreme Court. I believe she is capable of undermining the court in this way. Now, Katanji Brown isn't a crazy radical left liberal. She's not. Anybody who saw her hearings would know that. But this is the message they have to send in order to fight against whatever the Democrats are doing. However, here's the interesting part of that story. He really seems to be sure that it's Katanji Brown Jackson. But Katanji Brown Jackson hasn't been seated on the Supreme Court as yet. And she won't be seated until just Justice Breyer officially retires, which will be the end of June. So she's not even on the Supreme Court at this point. She doesn't get briefs from the court. She's not connected to the court yet until she's seated at the end of June after Breyer retires. So it is impossible for her to have leaked the draft opinion. How is it that a reporter on a national network platform not know this? Is he that stupid? Or maybe he does know this, he understands that, and he just thinks his audience is stupid enough to believe it. Well, that makes some sense because we see Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, telling lies all the time. They know better, but they tell the lies all the time because they have so little respect for their audience, they believe that they will believe anything they're told. And unfortunately, they are fucking right. He thinks the audience is stupid. He tells them a lie, and they believe it. Oh, and all the facts, as I've said to me, point to a Republican being the person who who um, leaked this document. And I'll tell you what I think here. I've heard a lot of people suggest it's this guy, it's that guy, it's this staffer, it's this justice. I heard somebody on TikTok say who he thought was the person that uh, leaked the document. Now, I don't know for sure, but I think the point he made was pretty valid. There's a lot of speculation as to who leaked the draft opinion to overturn Roe v. Wade. The Republicans, of course, are pushing the narrative that it has to be the Democratic staffer, has to be them. (laughs) The smart ones aren't saying it's Ketanji Brown-Jackson, or at least the smarter ones. None of them are really that bright. But let's be honest. Is a clerk or a staffer on either side really going to risk their careers that haven't really even started as yet, to steal an official court document, leak it to the press. That makes absolutely no sense. They've got no skin in the game there. They gain nothing by releasing something like this, and they risk their career. 
I mean, they got to have a couple hundred thousand dollars in uh, law school. You're going to throw it all away for something stupid that really isn't going to do you any good? No, I don't think that's possible. So that means it has to be a justice because it's a small group of people inside the Supreme Court that would have access to this document. It has to be a justice, but which one? Well, the best suggestion I've heard is Clarence Thomas. That makes sense. Clarence is kind of fucking shady. Clarence Thomas and his wife are going through some shit. I mean, his wife did try to overthrow her government. And here we have a uh, sitting Supreme Court justice, and he's married to her. And then he refuses to recuse himself and anything she's involved in or any organization connected to her. That sounds kind of troubling. If anybody could use a distraction right now, got to be Clarence and Jenny. I'm just saying, it's got to be them. That's the only thing that makes sense. So the gentleman that came up with that, I give him credit because he's got to be right. Who else could it be? Some people say Chief Justice John Robert did it. That doesn't make any sense. He's kind of by the book guy. He's the one concerned about the integrity of the court. He's not going to destroy the court by releasing this. He's just not going to fucking do it. Now, I wanted to touch on something else here as we're getting ready to wrap this up. It's one of my favorite topics, other than Maddie Cawthorn. <laughs> Maddie Cawthorn. I'll maybe mention that one, too. But Matt Gates, <laughs> another loser, had an interesting take on over uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. And this is what he tweeted. How many of the women rallying against overturning Roe v. Wade are overeducated, underloved millennials who sadly return from protest to a lonely microwave dinner with their cats and no bumble matches? Wow, that's coming from a guy who's being investigated and will likely be indicted for child sex trafficking. Wow, that's that's slick. Way to go, Maddie. Let's just make it tough on yourself. You got women who vote for you? I doubt it now. And you say shit like this? This guy, I don't know what's wrong with this guy's mind. He knows he's in trouble. He knows he's going to be indicted. But he keeps throwing salt in the wound. He keeps trying to make himself look worse. Let's just take this fucker down. Send out the indictment. Get him out of the way. We're tired of hearing his shit. Now, I mentioned Maddie Cawthorn, and this is an interesting circumstance. You probably have seen this. Now, Maddie Cawthorn is known to be a homophobe. He hates the LGBTQ people. And uh, the Republicans looked at him as the fresh face of the future because he's a young guy. He's 26 years old, and he's a racist, and he's a misogynist, and he's an anti-Semite. So he's just the kind of guy the Republicans want as the new face of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives. But Maddie got a little caught up in his own ego. He's sitting on a podcast and he says, well, you know, 
You meet a lot of these Republican people, these 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 uh, politicians I've read about and that I've looked up to for years, and then they come to me and invite me to sex parties, orgies. Oh, and these people that are dead set against drugs, they're the ones doing cocaine. Now, all the things that Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gozar, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, or Matty Cawthorn has ever done hasn't sparked a single word from Kevin McCarthy. But that comment on that podcast really angered Kevin McCarthy and a lot of Republicans because he was trying to out his own people. Well, you don't do that, no matter how cocky or how smart you think you are. Then shortly after that, we start seeing these compromising photos, these homoerotic photos. Now, if Matty Cawthorn is gay, I don't have a problem with that. That's no big deal. But I'm guessing the LGBT community would be a little angry. After all the negative things he's done to them and said about them, we find out now that he's gay. I don't care if he's gay. I hate him for so many other reasons that his sexual orientation or the color of his skin don't really fucking matter to me. I'm thinking of the content of his character, and the content of his character is very dark and 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 putrid. That's why I hate I hate Matty Cawthorn and Matt Gates for that matter. So anyway, after this happens, we start seeing these compromising pictures and videos. And you know who that's coming from. It's not coming from the Democrats. They got enough other shit to go on. This is coming from the Republicans. And let's be honest. The Republicans are the most vicious, vengeful motherfuckers you're going to find, even if they have to eat their own. Well, Matty Cawthorn steps up and says, look, man, I did that in my early 20s. It's just horseplay. Well, Matty, you're 26 years old. Your early 20s aren't that far away. And it looked a little more than horseplay. But he tried to play it off, as Republicans do. And then a new video comes out yesterday. In this video, it's a little more disturbing. In this video, Matty Cawthorn is in bed with his assistant-slash-cousin. He's naked... And he's either having sex with this guy or simulating sex, and it's pretty aggressive. He's grunting, he's chanting, he's doing all this shit. And that comes out. Now, Maddie, please explain to us how that's horseplay. Oh, he's my best friend, and we, we do all these things together. And well, look, I was 22 years old one time, and I understand hanging out with your buddies, drinking and doing some horseplay. But I know for me, what Maddie was doing in that video was nothing we even considered. You know, we might stand around in a circle, um, drink our beer, get drunk, and then the dumbest of us, the drunkest of us, might take their finger and flick behind our ear. Or if they're really crazy, they'll flick us in our private parts. But that's the extent of it. What Maddie's doing here is a little troublesome. And is contrary to the way he acts. Matty Cawthorn needs to understand. He's got the worst people in the world wanting him out. And that is his very own Republican Party. They will stop at nothing. These videos keep getting 
progressively worse. Now, I don't know how many videos are out there, so God knows what we're going to see next. But you can trust the Republicans have a strategy to fucking nail Maddie Cawthorn. Now, if I'm Maddie Cawthorn, I'm going to take a hint. I'm going to walk away, retire from the House of Representatives, keep my mouth shut and fucking hide, which, of course, he won't do. And then he'll be destroyed uh, personally when this is all said and done. It's amazing when we look at these Republicans, the things they are willing to do, the chances they're willing to take, and how despicable these fucking human beings are. I hope Republicans are taking a good look at the likes of of uh, Matty Cawthorn, Matt Gates, uh, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gozar, Tommy Tuberville, or whatever the fuck his name is. These people are despicable. They're insurrectionists. They're treasonists. They're potentially perverted pieces of shit. This is who you want to vote for. This is who you're going to go with. And for those folks mad at Joe Biden for inflation, not his fault, but they're mad at him, and they say, we're not going to vote for Joe Biden. You're going to vote for these fucks? Is that what you're going to do? Please, motherfucker. That would be the stupidest thing you could possibly do. Don't be butthurt. Don't pout. Fucking do the right thing, and let's try to get this country straightened out. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer Podcast. I want to thank you for spending time with me. Um, as I've said, if you have questions, comments, complaints, whatever, email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to uh, um, anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, and you can leave me a voicemail. And again, I'm going to remind you, uh, if there's one or two or three of you out there that uh, would feel comfortable being on the program and uh, asking questions and interacting with me or me and Ed, whatever you want to do, we can work that out. We'd be happy to do it. With one exception, the fucking clown that keeps emailing me. You're not getting on the show. I promise you, under no circumstances will I give you any oxygen. All right, you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.